it was just, it felt very hard. It felt like every night I didn't even care about my job or succeeding at it or my, my spouse or even my other kid. I just, every night was like, wow, I am just the worst parent to Winston. I cannot stay calm. I can't teach him how to be calm. I can't, I, I wish I hadn't given him my issues. Like I just, I was just sad every night. I felt guilty. I felt like ashamed. I felt sad for him because I also knew like there's like a joyful kid in there with twinkly eyes that I feel like I haven't seen because from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to sleep we're always kind of butting heads about stupid things hey guys welcome back to the mothering together podcast I'm your host Kayla and our guest today is Sam Gardner and and Sam Gardner is a co-founder and CEO of the Happy Pillar app. She's a mom of two and has had a diagnosis of ADHD since she was 12. Back then, it was called ADD. Before Happy Pillar, she worked for over a decade in tech and startup, and she is an alumni alumna from Northwestern University. She started, started off as a native New Yorker, so you're going to hear that accent shining through. And then she and her family moved all the way to Austin, Texas. So if you ever visit and you see some Someone pedaling by you with a happy pillar themed cargo bike that's Sam so give her a wave okay so Sam and I are talking all about her app we're talking all about her experience as a mom that led her to creating this app and I just I can't say enough positive things about the happy pillar app you're gonna hear more about it and stay tuned till the end because we do have a um, code for you to get a free month of the happy pillar app so it's definitely worth the listen. All right, tune in. Welcome to the Mothering Together podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and I am here to be your ADHD mom friend. Together, we're going to discover plausible and practical tips for stay-at-home moms with ADHD. It's not like the other podcasts out there where one woman found success doing XYZ strategy and she thinks anyone can do it. No, no, no. We're going to work through systems to find what works for women like you and me who struggle with time management and organization, who have tried all the other things and they didn't work because they weren't individualized and for us personally. As a mom of two and with ADHD myself, I understand how challenging it can be to balance homemaking, raising those little lovable monsters and managing our own unique brains. But don't worry, you're not alone. Each week, I release a new episode on Wednesday where I discuss topics related to homemaking, parenting, and time management. I get to leverage my connections as a pediatric SLP to get interviews with experts in the fields of parenting and development. I share my own personal stories and the stories of moms from our community. And most importantly, I fill each of these episodes with practical tips that you can try today. The goal of each and every episode of this podcast is for you to have at least one at least one idea that will give you a whole heck of a lot more ease and a little bit less stress in your day-to-day life as a stay-at-home mom. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom with ADHD or you're just looking for ways to better manage your time in your home, I'm here to help. Go brew yourself the biggest cup of coffee that your Keurig can handle and let's dive in. Hi, Sam. Hi. Nice to meet you for the first time. It's so grand excited. I'm just so happy to have you here. I downloaded your app, Happy Pillar, and I found you on one of those like ADHD mom, mom groups on mom. Facebook. Yeah. And someone had said like, I'm struggling with my kid. And you were like, 
try this. I swear it works. And so, of course, I downloaded it. And and honestly, so many things you've said about it, I send back to my team on Slack that I'm like, look, this is a real person that we don't know. And she gets it, which is fun. I do get it. Uh, yeah. So let's, Should I, tell, I can tell the story. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about the story of the, the app. Totally. So I had two kids. One of them was born during the pandemic. And either the pandemic's preschool closure stuff or the new baby or all of it made things really challenging with my older one. So right about when he turned four, I was just like, this is, this is not going well. Like I am yelling at him all the time. He never listens. He's having lots of tantrums and meltdowns. He argues about everything. Just like it felt like everything was wrong. And I was a really bad parent. And I didn't really know what to do because he's only four. So even though I'm totally pro medicating and all sorts of things, like four seemed kind of young. And I didn't really know, like, is therapy an option? Like, I really had no idea what to do for him. So I asked my pediatrician at his four-year-old well check, should he do play therapy? Because I'd heard of play therapy for like kids with divorce or trauma. And she was like, sure, here's a printout of all the play therapists in Austin. And the printout was super thick. And all of the names, it was like names and phone numbers. They're so like, no website. I, was, I just looked at that packet and I was like, I don't even know where to start with this. Like, I don't know where they're located. I don't even know if they're near me. I guess I could Google every single one, but I did nothing. But I was still kind of desperate to help him and help me and like make our day-to-day -day life change because it's miserable. Um, so I asked a friend of mine who was a child therapist and I was like, hey, I just got this packet of play therapists in Austin. Do you have anyone you'd recommend? Maybe they're on this list. I'll, I'll take your recommendation. And she was like, well, I am certified in something called PCIT. It's called parent-child interaction therapy. And it's based on play therapy. It's a similar modality, but it really builds on the relationship between the parent and the child and Tell me about, tell me what's going on with Winston and I'll let you know if it's a good fit. And I told her just things that uh, were going on, things that most people like my mother and mother-in-law both said, like, you know, these are normal things. Kids, kids get frustrated, kids cry. Um, and yeah, so I told her these things and she was like, yep, PCIT can help with that. Even though I was like, oh, good, because these are maybe just average typical things that therapy couldn't help with. And she was like, nope, they can. And she found me a PCIT therapist. Uh, she recommended one that she knew. And I did the therapy and it was very expensive and there are wait lists and it's a whole thing. But here's how it works. You meet with a therapist and she teaches you and your co-parent, if you have one, I have a spouse, how to do a five minute session every day with your kid in this therapy. She called it special time. And she was like, you are going to do special time with your kid every day. You're going to play with them on the floor one on one. And in special time, you need to remember what they call do's and don'ts. So some very specific things to say or ways to talk and then very specific things not to say or to avoid saying. And I was very skeptical because I was like, I do already play with him. I'm sure I don't do the things that you're talking about. The things that you're supposed to avoid are questions, commands, and criticism. And I was pretty much like, I don't think I ask him that many questions. I definitely don't criticize him. And I don't think I give him that many commands. So I'm, I'm probably already doing what you're talking to me about. So, but I'm paying $150 a week. So I'll do what you say. And yeah, we'll, we'll see whatever. We'll see if it helps. And so I would do it five minutes a day with him. 
And then once a week we would get on Zoom and she would watch me do the session or, and watch my spouse do the, se- the five minute session. And she would listen to what we were saying and she would count how many times we said the things we were supposed to say. So like a description of his actions, she'd give us a, a tally of one. If we asked a question or like gave even a simple command like gooch over here, she'd tally that and she was doing it by hand and then she would put it into Excel, share her screen and be like, okay, here's how you're doing with with the sort of verbal cues of this play play session. And here's how you can do better. And two things happened. One, Winston, my son, the four-year-old who's now five, his behavior changed significantly. Like bedtime wasn't an argument. He didn't have meltdowns over food touching, like just so much changed. And his preschool teacher texted me like, what are you doing? He's having fewer Winston moments. Um, So all of that happened and I was like shocked and amazed. And then the other thing that happened is when she was doing this sort of like watching us tallying our, our, our sentences and giving feedback, um, I noticed that uh, what she was doing really looked similar to the kind of AI that I was working in at the time, which is language and speech AI. And I was like, oh, she is, you know, approaching my sentences the way these chatbots do, which is kind of like breaking them down, distilling them into really simply, is it a description? Is it a command? That's sort of what on a very simplistic level AI can do. AI can do way more than that. Obviously, we all know now it can do a lot of cool things. But a year and a half ago, I was like, I think that this kind of AI could kind of help with this kind of therapy, support people who are already in it, introduce it to people who aren't already doing it. And kind of like any kind of treatment that you do with someone, there's always an at-home component that I think most people never do a good job on. Physical therapy, regular therapy, even things your doctor tells you to do. But yeah, it's hard to do things at home when there's no professional with you giving you coaching and feedback and keeping you accountable. So I was like, we need to build this as an app that therapists can give to their families, that teachers can recommend that just any mom who can't afford $150 a week can use. And so we built it into an app. And my friend who made the recommendation originally is our clinical director. And she built the app based on all of her certifications and things like, or she's certified in PCIT and CBT. She she is a real child therapist and she built the app with her knowledge. And if you use the app, you'll see her. She's my friend, Chloe. And my other friend, Maddie, was working with me at that AI place. She's like an AI genius. She speaks at big conferences and there are big lines to talk to her about AI after. And I convinced both of them to quit their jobs and we built Happy Pillar. And yeah, it's a way to kind of do this evidence-based therapeutic type of playing with your kids. So it's not, it's not therapy and it's not even a replacement for therapy, but it's using therapy skills and getting real feedback designed by a child therapist. That is the story. Well, I love this story. And I I love so much about it. I love that you're a women-led small business, right? That's we definitely are. Yep. Three women. Yep. <laughs> Three women in a tech industry. Yep. Like, holy guacamole, you guys are just hero status. And then from my perspective, and I don't talk a lot about this in the podcast, like I'm a speech pathologist. Like mm-hmm. by trade. And yeah. I, but I come at this podcast as a mom. Mm-hmm. And, but listening to you talk, it pulls <laughs> at all of that other side of my brain, that little part that has, you know, a grad degree and yeah, 
and many, many years of experience. And so I've been that therapist on the other side of the screen who's tallying and who's mm-hmm. working. And so I feel like I'm not, probably not as accurate as an AI listening to people. And I would have loved to have that listen to my sessions and take my data for me. Totally. And would, that is definitely something we want to kind of build into Happy Pillar in like a very HIPAA compliant, like the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, at least in PCIT certification, and I don't know about licensing for SLPs, but there's a test you have to take and you have to get above an 80 on it. And so that means that licensure is assuming that a human is going to be at least 80% correct, not 100%. Our AI currently, you know, we're still building it and getting it better. And I don't know the exact percentage, but we definitely meet them at 80 and very often supersede 90. And I could see we're building our own AI. So there's more to be built, but I could definitely see a world where the AI's feedback could hit like 99s and 100s and yeah, be a, be a support tool for therapists in addition to a feedback and compliance tool for parents. But we also want to do a lot with this AI and analyze any kind of two-person conversation that needs, that needs expert feedback. Yeah, I think that's great. Tell me yeah. about Winston. That's your son. Yeah, yeah. And the days, the rough days. And don't, so, you don't have to get into too much. No, I, he's a person yeah. and well, he I deserves think about some that. autonomy. But it, <laughs> I think about that sometimes when I'm like, oh, if he looks back on the stories I t- tell about him and like, how will he feel? But um, my partner did tell me once he, he's like, you know, he'll feel proud that he helped inspire you to create Happy Pillar. He's also really funny because he will take my business cards that say this app ends tantrums. Uh, and he'll walk around a park or a blog party and say, have, have you tried my mom's app? And we saw him talking, my co-founder and I saw him talking to someone one for a while. And we came back and he, we were like, hey, how, what did, what did that come, how did that conversation go? What did you guys say? And he said, well, I said, will you try my mom's app? And we were like, okay, but what did he say back? And Winston goes, he said, I will if you stop following me. And we were like, oh my God. So he he knows the story. He knows you know, that it's because he and I were not getting along super well. He is, I think, a fellow ADHD person. He's definitely, for example, has time blindness. Though we would say something like, you know, you can play for 20 minutes before we go to bath. We would do all the things that one is told to do, like set timers, visual timers, audio timers, reminders, all the things that we were coached on doing. I took all the parenting courses and read the books and I was saying the things I was told to say and none of those things were making any kind of like neurological difference in how he felt when at the end of the 20 minutes he needed to go to the bath and his time blindness had meant that none of my reminders were were helping him and then he would have whatever meltdown he needed to have when his schedule seemed to change and the time blindness like kicked in. And then I, because I also have emotional regulation issues from having ADHD and it's late in the evening, I would just respond right back with my own tantrum of like, I gave gave you reminders. I've been reminding you. Like, we just were going at it back and forth. For anyone listening to this, it's definitely not just a challenge for ADHD kids and parents. But I think that I specifically liked the therapy that we did in this kind of tool for ADHD parents and kids because... A, we all have trouble regulating our emotions. 
and B, we like something, I don't know, that you can actually do and that it's short. So the fact that it was a five minute exercise and it wasn't just like me having to read a whole book and like memorize and regurgitate the right thing to say at the right time, that was super huge for me. But yeah, sorry, you asked about Winston. So like, that's an example of like end of, end of playtime going to bed or food touching or we were going to go on a play date, but it got canceled. Or, I mean, even I remember he used to like have the word but on his lips to like say to anything that I would say. Like he was just ready to argue with whatever I would I would be like, hey, we're going to go get donuts. But I don't. Oh, yeah. OK, I'll get donuts. Sure, sure. <laughs> but like he was just ready to to fight back on things. Uh, he would get frustrated with his baby brother for interrupting him, which, again, I get it as an ADHD person. Um, definitely like low frustration tolerance. If a tower fell, he, he would kind of freak out. And, you know, of course I try all the things like, and I think this is, this is not what experts say to do, but I would be like, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. (laughs) That doesn't work. Basically nothing that I was trying was working. Even talking to him in his calm moment about taking deep breaths, being calm, thinking about the big picture, all the things he we would have great conversations in his calm moments and it would seem to me like okay he gets it so I can't wait for him to apply this in the crazy moment what I learned from talking to a ton of therapists is that you know yes I can have this conversation with him about how to change how he reacts but that conversation is not actually like building neural connection to positive feelings. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's probably building neural connections to the negative feelings when we both yell at each other because we're connecting and we're like talking and he's just not realizing it, but neurologically kind of locking into that. Like, and it always ends with both of us crying and both of us hugging. I would do all the repair stuff, but like, you know, he, he locked into that and so did I. And yeah, it was just, it felt very hard. It felt like every night, I didn't even care about my job or succeeding at it or my my spouse or even my other kid. I just every night was like, wow, I am just the worst parent to Winston. I cannot stay calm. I can't teach him how to be calm. I can't I I wish I hadn't given him my issues. Like I just I was just sad every night. I felt guilty. I felt like ashamed. I felt sad for him because I also knew like there's like a joyful kid in there with twinkly eyes that I feel like I haven't seen because from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to sleep, we're always kind of butting heads about stupid things. And I would be like, can you just, I just need you to listen. Like we can keep talking about just, just change your clothes. Like it was just constant. And yeah. The the other kind of crazy thing about this therapeutic tool of the five minutes of playtime, which like NPR's written about it. Dr. Becky's written about it. It is evidence-based, the five minute thing and the positive positive statement like all the things that happy pillar teaches are all evidence-based we have a whole science page about it i did it with the therapist for many weeks and then i kind of graduated they call it graduating from therapy and she was like really the biggest takeaway i want to give to you is that you got to keep doing this special five minute time of course the minute i stopped doing therapy the minute i I just stopped doing the special time because i just i had no one checking in on me and also he was doing so great he was like he had become a different kid about three days of not doing it anymore, everything came back. It was like, oh, this was this was the thing that was keeping him regulated. And that really also drove me to like really want to build Happy Pillar because 
yeah, even if you do graduate from therapy or and you don't need the education on how to do a therapeutic exercise with your loved one, you do maybe need something that keeps you on track, whether that's a reminder on your phone or someone else checking in with you, accountability. So I wanted to make a tool that could help people do that. And then using AI could really, you know, make it fun and make it like you really hear how you're doing. You really get feedback and yeah, I so, don't remember the first question. No, that's fine. So that I, I love that it kind of flows. So that app. Yes. And kind of the experience. So from my perspective. I'm so excited to hear. I also, you once, I don't remember if, I think this was you, that you wrote that you were skeptical at first about about it, which I kind of love because Pretty much anyone I talk to who's not a psychologist, a social worker, or a counselor that I tell about this, whether it's a prospective investor or just a, a mom who isn't one of those jobs, they'll hear about it and, and be skeptical. So I'm very curious to hear about skepticism versus working. Well, so I was skeptical because I am kind of one of those moms, right? Like I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. I have, yeah. I've gone to play therapy yeah. full day sessions to learn how to be a play therapist like I have some training, training under my butt under my butt under my belt yeah and yeah. so I I came in I was like this can't teach me anything no no, no. but and at the same time you're probably right it probably didn't teach you anything but that's not actually the but yeah I'll let you go yeah no you're right so so I was like it can't teach me anything but then I also was in a similar spot to you where I was like kind of a sort of rocky moment with my parenting having the same middle of the night before bed thoughts of like I am such a bad mom to this kid Mm -hmm. I am not doing enough and yet I'm literally so stressed all the time thinking about what I can be doing and yet I'm not doing it yeah like a hundred percent that is the worst mom feeling I think it's a common mom feeling yes and so then I tried the app and I loved it. I, I, so it has like certain skills that I don't know if you want to go through the skills, but I, I totally that. So there's yeah. the, okay. Yeah. There's the nice skills and the not now skills. Yeah, we'll go into perfect. them in more depth. So yeah. once I learned those skills and I put it into practice with my oldest, who's four, and it was like all of a sudden he was so much more willing to participate and I felt better about us and the us factor was just like so different yes it it was I keep saying it's like magic I was like this is like magic and Mm -hmm. I I honestly was skeptical too and rather than paying I mean happy pillars actually free there's a premium option with more information but I was paying 150 dollars I just realized a week not a month yeah. Oh, I was paying so much money and I was so skeptical. I was like, there is no way that this can change anything. Right. And, and yeah, clear, it was magic. To be clear, it's not a replacement for therapy, but no. it is. Well, I mean, I know firsthand that the wait lists for pediatric therapy right now are mm-hmm. just like awful. Yeah. Like to six months to a year. And in yeah. New Hampshire, I don't know about in Austin, Texas, but in New Hampshire, like there is, there are a handful of like well-trained therapists Austin yeah. Texas probably has a few more it really just depends on how many kids need it and after COVID I feel like all of them do mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah it's impossible 
So, uh, so yeah. For the sessions, what I would do, and if you can pick, you get to picture it from like the user yeah. perspective. So what I would do is I would get three things because that was what you recommend, like three different mm -hmm. toys. And I would come down to my living room and we have like a mat and a pickler set up. And I would put the three toys out. It would be during my other son's nap. Perfect. And I would be like, okay, sweetheart, we're going to have happy time. The first time I said that, he had a tantrum. And oh. he was like, no way. And, we, and I had to yeah. like leave it. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, this isn't going to work. Day yeah. two, try it again. He... I'm so glad you came back. <laughs> so I, I put the phone down like near me. I was like, this thing is listening to me. That's weird. And then I focused on the skills that were kind of talked about. And they're, they're great skills for a lot of things. And, but it was crazy to think that I had to do 10 of each Ten. of these skills. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a very rigid thinker. I was okay, I'm going to do the first one 10 times. Then I'm going to do the second one 10 times. Then the yeah. third one, whatever. And so it's very like weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> My I, I have been the same. <laughs> so yeah. And my kid was like, you just see, like, he was, like, getting lots of great input. And, yeah. So let's talk about the nice skills. And then is it not now skills? Yeah, not now. Because they are, well, when we, I'll start with the not nows. Because they're not don't skills and they're not never skills. And I think sometimes people hear that we're asking parents not to do these and kind of get a little scared or angry. The things that I'm talking about here are not asking questions not giving commands and not giving criticism. Questions is the one that people kind of freak out about, which is to say, or basically, we're not saying that questions are bad. Questions are really great. I ask questions all the time, but questions require the answerer to focus on that question, think about what the right answer is, say the right answer, follow a rule and, you know, do things how, and, and that's really hard for a kid. So if for five minutes a day, they get a break from questions. And honestly, my kid asks me so many questions now. I really could use a five minute break from questions on the other side. So I, I you know, <laughs> get so it. True. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So many questions, but so many. You don't realize, or I didn't realize until I got into meeting with a therapist, how many questions I asked during playing. So we would play with toys and I would, well, what are you building? Where are you going to put that? Like, I all I do is ask questions. It feels like I'm interacting and I am, but the the kid is forced to figure out the best way to respond. And the most important thing about happy time is that the child is in the lead and when they get asked questions they they lose the lead. They they are now following your questions. So that's the first not now skill. Avoid questions for these 5 minutes. Avoid commands. That one I thought would be super easy. I was like I don't really command anything, but put that block here, come closer, hand me that. Those are all commands. So uh, the idea is that your kid should get to decide everything in a safe way that, that they want to do and not have to adjust to your, your requests. Even if they're simple or kind, even if you're just saying like, please hand me that block, like they get to decide in these five minutes if they're handing a block or not. And then the other not now skill is criticism. This one sounded like it would be the easiest, and I do think it is, but the, the therapist in our app cautions us to think about things that a child might think is, is critical, like, oh, your tower might wobble and fall down, or the three words that she recommends we kind of listen for ourselves to not say are, 
oops, oh, and no. Oh, that's um, why I always get knocks on that because those are yes. like great speech therapy things. So I say yes. that a lot. And and again, they're not now skills. So they are fine to say a lot. We're just trying to get five minutes without an oops, without an O, oh, and without a no. Because, yeah, they're great tools, especially in speech therapy, to teach to teach a kid what you, anything. They're great at yeah. teaching. And this is not a teaching moment. It's a connection moment. Wow. And, yeah, so we actually, we... We've just recorded a video about oops, uh oh, and no to pop up when you're when you're not now criticism skills are going high. So we have a lot of cool stuff we want to add. That is um, so this cool. Is, that's the hard part about having a three person team is you can't build anything as fast as you want to be able to. But yeah, so those are the three not now skills: questions, commands, criticism, avoiding those, and happy pillar, like you said, listen and tells you how well you're doing at avoiding those. And then there are the nice skills narrate imitate celebrate echo i'll go through them really fast but narrate is describe what your kid is doing like a sportscaster um it helps ground both of you in the moment and it helps them feel like they're being seen um, and the tip is to describe what the child is doing often with their hands is a helpful tip rather than ex- like saying oh the the car is moving fast you would say you're moving the car uh, you're building a tall tower and rather than like the doll is dancing you're making the doll dance so really recognizing the kid mm-hmm. it's a subtle language shift and the kid probably couldn't tell you why it feels better but it does imitate is to do what they're doing so you're sitting on the floor you're playing with them which makes them feel like their choice of what to play with is a good one like so good that my my caregiver even came in and did it with me nice and celebrate celebrate is give praise or like specific praise on behaviors that you like to see even if it seems like they're doing nothing that's particularly good and they're just sitting there and playing. I like to say, I love how calmly you're playing or I love how how close you're sitting to me. It makes me feel good. Like just anything that I'm happy about, I celebrate and I give 10 of those, which that was really hard to find 10 things that I think are good about my kid in a moment. And I realize how little I probably give him good feedback. The great thing about these knife skills is when you practice 10 of them in a five minute period, you end up doing them more throughout the day, which is I was going to say the same, that it totally yeah. helped me to, maybe you can finish with E, but definitely yeah, helped yeah, me yeah. To, to find those opportunities more easily in the rest of the day. Yes, exactly. And then the E is echo. So whenever your kid says something, the, the, the cue for us is to echo it back or reflect it back, which I wasn't sold on this one. I was like, if he's saying something, I should like, I should ask a question about that or I should whatever. And the therapist and my friend, the therapist, all taught me that, nope, just reflect back what he said. Like if he says, this yellow block is really cool, I'll say, yeah, that yellow block is really cool. And just like they told me it would happen, he usually expands on that thought more so than he would if I had asked what I thought was some brilliant question. And he talks more when I reflect back. There was definitely one early in the experience where he noticed that I was saying what he was saying and he, he didn't love that. But the feedback I got for that was, you don't have to say exactly what he's saying. You don't have to like do an exact echo. You can just reflect the meaning. So if he says, you know, this, this yellow block is so cool, I could say, yeah, that block is totally awesome. And it's not exactly what he said, but Maddie, the AI genius who is my co-founder, she looks at the sim the what she calls this what is called the semantic similarity. Semantic similarity is that right? I don't know. Sounds the, right. The, yeah, of the two sentences, and if what the parent said is similar enough 
to what the kids said in meaning and semantic similarity, that counts as an echo. So it does not have to be exactly what they said, especially if your kid is like mine and notices, why are you copying me? So those are the nice skills. The craziest thing that happens with Happy Pillar, and I've seen it happen even with parents who are not as like clued in as Kayla and not realizing how much it's helping, I still see that their kids will ask them for happy time because it feels better than regular playtime. And the kids don't know why. And sometimes the parents haven't been convinced yet, so they don't know why either. And they think maybe it's just novel, but I don't think so. I think it, I think they're asking for happy time because like it feels really different and really good and kind of feels like taking a warm bath or having your first cup of coffee. It's like someone's like that good feeling of like relief and happiness that is hard to find as an adult. It's hard and, as a kid too. And you know, like that feeling, I don't, I'm assuming you've been to therapy. Yeah. been to <laughs> You know, that the feeling in therapy when you share and the therapist mm-hmm. doesn't give you any advice. They just reflect or they like, just, yeah. they see you. I feel like yes. that's you feel feeling. seen. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I don't think my four-year-old, now five-year-old, was feeling seen that much ever. And to be honest, I wasn't really feeling seen either. We were just kind of fighting all the time. And seeing him, I feel like, has helped him learn to see me. And it, yeah, it's just, it's really good. You bring up a good point, though, which is that we've definitely run into parents who are not as bought into the concept of therapy. And again, as we both said, this isn't therapy, nor is it a replacement for therapy. It might be a primer for therapy, like before you're ready to go to therapy, you can do this. But if you are a parent, and I doubt you listen to Kayla's podcast if you like hate therapy, but if a parent is like therapy is so stupid, I would never do that. Happy Pillar probably doesn't feel that great to them because it's a therapeutic concept. And if psychotherapy as a concept is something that you don't like, you'd have to set that aside to make Happy Pillar work for you. So, yeah, yeah. I'm probably turning some people off, but, but that's okay. Yeah. Though I mean, I'm sure you want a wide net of customers. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> however, I feel like appealing to the right people is yes. important. Yes. No, I, I'm. I there's so much nerdiness that I love about you, <laughs> like the semantic network. Like it's so cool. It's like linguistics, which is like mm-hmm. my background, and so it's just so it's so interesting to me. And I was. I'm so glad I get to talk to you. Thank you for having me. If you talk to any like of your friends from when you were doing, I don't know if you still practice, but like grad school friends, like tell everyone about Happy Pillar. It, it's not done. We're always growing. We're always adding things. I love that this app is giving recommendations that I give to families a lot. And, it, and so and it was funny for me to receive those recommendations for a different yeah. purpose. Yeah, it's, it's such great advice. I'm so excited that we've been able to build this and I just want everyone to use it and try it. And I also totally understand if you download it and you use it for like if you have ADHD and you use it for a few days and then you forget and then you remember again. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's hard to have ADHD. It's hard to add a new thing to routines are already hard for us. Habits and routines need a lot of coaching and coaxing but it is just five minutes and like the biggest thing I keep wanting to tell people all the time is like it really is magic it's not the app that's magic it's the science behind all the things you just talked about yeah the app is just a a helpful way to to keep you on track with it and I I definitely recommend people do 
subscribe or whatever prescribe yeah yeah to that the the higher level premium premium. um thank you for words i definitely recommend taking advantage of the month of free access because i i did it i took advantage of the the free trial and it's amazing right i learned yeah a lot i got excited about it my son and i got excited about happy time together yeah highly recommend it yeah totally i yeah you have a question that i know we didn't get to but you were like do moms really need to get that feedback or could they just try to include these methods without getting the feedback from the ai Mm -hmm. and we get that question a lot and i think that if i had gone to a therapist and she had taught me how to do this playtime and then just sent me off on my own to do it. And I never really kind of learned if I was doing it well. I don't know if I would have kept up with it. The play itself is really more effective as the closer you get to hitting those goals of like 10 and zero. So without the AI, you would kind of have to watch yourself, oversee your own responses to your kid. And that kind of was what was already hard about parenting books and parenting courses for me was like, I'm in the, I am in the moment. I want to be in the moment. I don't want to have to like say, pause, let me think about that parenting course and and what I'm supposed to say. I wanted to just talk to my kid and, and I can check in later with how I did and how I could be coached to be a little better or different, but I didn't want yet another thing where I have to kind of police myself or watch myself. And so the AI really helps you actually be able to like connect with your kid because you don't have to think about the clinically effective way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You'll get that feedback later when your kid's in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the feedback comes in 20 to 30 seconds, but I usually review it later once he's in bed because we're like going on with our evening. Um, but yeah, I think that the AI actually, because we talk a lot now about AI in our world. It's a big new, I mean, it's not new, but there's been a big explosion of AI in our world and I'm really excited about it, but I know that there can be some hesitation and some fear that it's going to replace human contact. And I think this use of AI in Happy Pillar is really here to encourage more human contact, to allow you to be free of your own expectations of yourself so that you can really connect with your kid. And then the AI can help you improve and grow later when your child is asleep and when they're awake you really get to connect so using ai in a a way that really forges connection and i'm excited about that because ai is going to like change our world it's like when the internet came out i'm so excited about it and finding ways that it can i mean my partner sometimes says it's debatable whether the internet has been a good thing i don't agree i think it's been great but there are good and bad things to the internet there will be good and bad things to ai and i'm so excited to be part of a group that is trying to find the things that will make our world better through through AI. So that's exciting. Awesome tool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sam. I just, I'm just so great. I'm so excited that you had me on. And I want to say one more crazy thing, which is this is a financial privilege thing. But a year ago, I got a treadmill desk. I have, it is very hard for me to get on it. But when I do, there is nothing better for my ADHD than working while walking. I don't know what it does, but it's almost like it puts me in immediate hyper-focus on things that I'm supposed to do, not even just the thing I want to do. Like it is 
So just since there are probably ADHD people listening. This is your ADHD, ADHD That's my tip of the mm-hmm. day. Yeah, you're like any areas of your life where you have advice. When I read that, I was like, I know Actually, my one. Yeah, You have two because we also talked off the recording part about yeah. your awesome, very city way of traveling. And you have oh, to yeah. share that. <laughs> yes. So I, I do, I get around Austin, Texas in a, an electric cargo bike. Apparently they're really common cargo bikes like this in Amsterdam. There's a big box in the front. You put your kids in or your groceries and it, the one I use called a bunch bike, it has pedal assist. So I don't have to worry about getting tired, but I don't love exercising, but I do find that moving my body really helps zero in my, my brain which is always moving. And there's just something about biking. It's like I can be doing something I'm supposed to do, getting somewhere, moving my body, which I don't like to do, and just seeing lots of stuff. Like my ADHD brain is like, oh, look, there's a mural. There's a, a bus and a person. And so, and yeah. Present and Yes. And yeah. my kids are in the front instead of behind me. So we get to talk. Although a lot of times I'm like, hey, guys, I, I just really need to focus on the road. So stop talking to me, but, uh, but we do, we, we talk, it's fun. It's funny. Um, we, we have a a mural we pass every day that we call out different things we can see on it as we go by. Um, it reminds me because I grew up, as you said earlier in New York city, like going to school with my parents, like pointing things out, seeing things on the way. I, I am raising my kids in a car driven culture and it wasn't really the same. I wasn't, if I drove them to school, getting to point things out that much. They would find them before I, because my eyes were on the road and I couldn't see what they saw. And biking them around really feels like that city kind of walking life. And it has definitely been good for ADHD. I did get it stolen once because I forgot to lock it up. And that was very ADHD. I have lost the keys. I found the keys. Like it, it's, there are no cures for this neurodivergence we have, but it doesn't leave you. But no, uh, yeah, it's fun to find things. To, like optimize for our superpowers well and i have to say as you this is probably we should wrap up but you're yes. an entrepreneur and i feel yes. like that is such an adhd thing <laughs> so much so much I, I don't know why it took me till i was 31 32 however old i was last year to do this because yeah it is the perfect thing for a person with adhd because you do different stuff every hour and uh that's really fun and you get to learn new things like and just hyper focus on them and read a bunch of blogs on them. And like, that's what's expected. And that's it's OK to add a new crazy skill to your tool belt rather than like when you kind of work for the man. And it's like, hey, that's not your job. That's someone else's job. Like, leave it alone, which I, I was guilty of all the time. It would be like, hey, that's marketing's job. Like, don't make a website for our company. You, we have a whole marketing team for that. It's like not a real example, but like I wanted to do everything. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, you really can. So if you're listening. And you have ADHD, you can be an entrepreneur. It's the be best. Yes. <laughs> okay. I know okay. we're at the end, but I want to play Would You Rather. Do I get to? Let's play Would You Rather. Okay. Okay. These might be weird because Chat GPT, another AI, yeah. created it. So, yeah. number one, would you rather have your AI company reach every parent in the world or have your kids grow up to become successful and fulfilled individuals. Oh, that is so hard. Oh my gosh. I, oh, wow. I guess I would say the successful and fulfilled individuals because 
A, if I chose the other one and I listened to this in 20 years and my kids were messed up, I would feel like I had done that by saying this. So yeah, I want them to be successful and fulfilled individuals. And also because I do want Happy Pillar to be huge and get to so many parents. But I also think every parent in the world is probably not realistic. So let's say I would like Happy Pillar to get to at least 75% of the parents in the world and that my children be successful and fulfilled. Uh, yeah. Wow. Shit. That is hard. I, that was mean. Chat GPT. Yeah, it was. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Would you rather have the ability to instantly understand your kids' emotions or have the ability to predict their needs accurately using AI technology? Ooh, I think predict for me because I try to understand my and their emotions, but sometimes I don't. And as a person with ADHD, getting prepared for stuff is pretty hard for me. Mm -hmm. So knowing as much as I can, like about a menu or about, you know, where to park is always helpful. And I think that would be the same with my kids' needs. If I knew ahead of time, I, I always forget they're going to need a snack. And if I just had some way to remind me that they would be hungry all the time. Mm -mm. And, and that's a bad example because I really should just know. But yeah, predict, predict their needs sounds great. We don't say should, we say could. I love I that. I could just know. Okay, I could just know. Yeah. Oh, I love. I love replacing but I don't should. Have to. Yes. Should just makes me feel guilty for the things yeah. you feel you you should I be should doing. Do. But yeah, that's really great. Happy pillar is not something you should do, but it's something you could do. Would you rather have a day where you can spend uninterrupted quality time with your kids, or a day where your AI company secures a significant investment for further growth? Hundred uh, percent, the second one. Uh, if anybody's listening who invests in early stage tech companies, we definitely would love to talk. And also uninterrupted full day with my kids just sounds like quite, quite a lot. I'll, I'll take five uninterrupted hours, but yeah. Yeah, maybe a break. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, yeah, if uh, investment helped Happy Pillar grow, that would probably enable me to spend a lot more time with my kids in the future too. So yeah, definitely the investment. Yeah, that's that sounds true. bad, but no, it doesn't. It, I, when you said it at first, I was like, really? And then I was like, yeah, no, that's a lot of uninterrupted time. Yeah, that, that too. But also like we, we want Happy Pillar to grow and reach people. And yeah, so you're, you spoke it into existence. We are going to get an amazing opportunity for growth at some point in the next six months. I don't know what it is, but we'll see. I'm manifesting it for Thanks. you. I don't I need manifest, that. but I, I don't manifest. <laughs> well, I watch TikToks that talk about manifesting and I think, is this real? Could it be? And then I'm like, no, it's not. So yes, <laughs> let's fake manifest. Here. We're going to fake, fake a fest. Yep. Would you rather have your AI company create a revolutionary product that transforms the way parents interact with their children or have your kids become advocates for a cause they, that they deeply care about? I guess probably the first. Um, well, I went too, I but because your kids like I don't know. advocates, you don't know. I have no idea. I, I hope they live in a world where there are no causes because everything's fixed. I love that. It's all, it's all good. We don't need to advocate. It's I all, love it's all these questions, ChatGPT. They're really, what, what's interesting that ChatGPT is doing, and you can keep this in because AI is inherently, you know, rapist, sexist, all of these things. But this feels a little bit sexist because, well, maybe not sexist. Well, I don't know. But it's basically asking me to choose entrepreneurial kids. success versus kids. 
And I kind of was curious about the prompt, if the prompt knew I was a, a mom on it does. versus <laughs> I'm it does. so curious if I ask as a dad, if I, we would get the same questions. Can we try it? Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, it's really asking me the, the, the tough part of working mom life, which is career versus kids, which that's just a hard any working mom knows that's that's your daily battle. That's so interesting. <laughs> so they're racist and sexist by nature because they're yes. created by humans. Exactly. And we are those flawed things. Exactly. And we need to overcorrect or correct for our flawed things or else they turn up in AI, which is not good. Um, others people speak way more eloquently on this than I do, but, uh, yeah, looking for human biases in AI and keeping AI ethically unbiased is, you know, a task we all need to, to be aware of when we create and build an AI. I appreciate the chat. Let me just wrap up and say, thank you, Sam. If, if you're ever in Austin, I don't know if you will be, but we could have a play date. Are you, I don't, I don't. Okay. Four and one. Boys, girls, not Boys. that they need to be. Oh, okay. We would then we would really have. We not that my kids can't play with girls, but we just have a lot of trucks and a lot of monster trucks, a lot of cards, and. Um, I would love yeah. to come to Austin. Yeah, please come. We'll we'll have. Yeah, it's really fun. Real quick before you go, I didn't want to leave you hanging. The code for Sam's app, Happy Pillar. It's like Caterpillar, except happy. The code for it is mothering, and you get one month of the premium free okay so again the code is mothering and the app is happy pillar there's going to be a link below so just check that out enjoy thanks for listening to this week's episode of mothering together i hope you found it helpful and inspiring If you want to keep the conversation going and connect with other amazing moms with ADHD, then I'd love for you to join our private Facebook group. It's a great way to get more tips, support, and community. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you have any burning questions or ideas for future episodes, I'm always here to help. So just shoot me an email at motheringtogetherpodcast at gmail.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. We're all in it together and together we can create a more joyful and fulfilling life. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next episode.